So this morning, we're going to take some time to really hear some reports from Jamie and from Anna. Uh, as you know, a few, several weeks ago, we sent Jamie and Anna, I mean, Jamie and Kathy and Anna to Lebanon, and they'll be able to give a summary as to what God did there. It's hugely significant. And uh, I just want to just say that this is an opportunity for us to rejoice in what God is doing and then to ask ourselves how God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. So let's first hear from Anna. Hi, everyone. Uh, I wish I could be with you in person today to give this report. Um, But I do want to say thank you so much for praying for us as we went to Lebanon on this past trip. I want to give just a little bit of background about why we were there on this trip. And if you remember, uh, this was a follow-up to a trip we had last November. So the first time we heard about Lebanon was about 10 years ago, actually in 2013, um, when two different people brought up the idea of Boithabal being in Lebanon. We took some steps towards that and it just wasn't the right moment. And so about a year and a half ago, as we really heard the Lord begin to speak to our team about growing and multiplying, we turned to some of the places the Lord had brought up to us over the last few years. So Lebanon was one of those. So early last year began planning the trip we took last November, which a lot of you will remember. And the thing we heard the Lord say is just um, go and see what doors that I'm opening. So as we went, Uh, We went with two specific missions. One was to see if the Lord was opening doors for a team to be established in Lebanon, but then also to see if um, Lebanon was a good place to um, basically plant me as an extension of our global team in Lebanon that could both help what was happening in Lebanon start, but then also give support to our Africa teams and the new expansion. As we went last November, a lot of you will remember it was resoundingly uh, wide open doors and um, people responded so well, it was a miraculous trip. And so then as we came back and out of that trip, um, our board and team just laid out a process of taking next steps, just really in a lot of ways to submit it to the Lord and make sure every, at every part of the trip, at every part of the process we're submitted to him and what he has in this and continuing to follow him into what he's doing uh, for us in Lebanon. So this trip that we took a few weeks ago was um, the next step of the process. And that was Jamie and Kathy and I going, spending more time with people that I ha- that we had met last November, and then specifically with a spiritual community, a faith community and, and people who could provide covering. And then also following up on a lot of the meetings and people that we met uh, last November. So. It was wonderful, um, the time we got to spend both with uh, a church there that's uh, like-minded in a lot of ways to who we are, and then um, different leaders of the church and ministry that they also have that's set up very similarly uh, to Boithable. But then also um, continue to see just open, wide open doors in um, a lot of the places that we could potentially work in and connections that the Lord's just bringing and opening and and saw those go deeper. So um, it was miraculous on on that level. And then we also uh, just basically saw in it that there's not uh, any red flags and we'll continue moving forward in the process. So the next step of the process would be that um, I would go in July for six weeks, an extended time, and continue deepening relationships, forming new relationships, learning more about what's happening, but also looking for leaders who could start uh, Boy with the Ball there in Lebanon and to be alongside. And again, just be there for an extended time, see what the Lord is doing, and then assuming 
that continues going the way the Lord is leading it, I would come back after that trip and then launch in October to be based there in Lebanon. Um, so that's that's where things are moving, and um, we're very grateful again for all your prayers and the way that you guys stood with us. A lot of you texted while we were gone, sent words of what the Lord was saying. They were very encouraging and very confirming um, to what we saw. One of the things that we've noticed in our trips back and forth, it, these two trips so far, is that there is such an opportunity with young people specifically. Overall, we keep hearing that people's hearts are open right now differently than before just because of the crisis that's happening in Lebanon. Um, and repeatedly keep hearing the harvest is right, but workers are few. But specifically with young people, there's not a lot of people focused on helping young people know Jesus in a way where they would fight for their country and see their country also flourish. So we're very excited about that opportunity to see God's kingdom extend there and, and see a lot of young people come to know him. You'll have to get Anna to explain to you why she couldn't be here this morning, but one thing is as her time gets a little bit shorter, uh, she's making the rounds and making sure she's with family and communicating what's happening. Um, we're going to move quickly just to give you a little bit of more insight from the trip. Um, uh, this is a trip where you could sense that our lives were all changing, and the reason that it's so important to report to you is that I didn't just sense that it was our lives that was, were changing, but your lives too. So let's see what we signed you up for. Um, real quickly, there's a very special part of our church, which is that this is a home base for Boy With A Ball, which if you go to the next slide, I just want to describe it, because sometimes if you're newer in the church, or even if you've been here a while, you might not have a sense of what it is. Basically, Boy With A Ball is an apostolic team, or if, you, if it makes you feel better, you could say a missionary team that launches local missionary teams across the world. Uh, apostolic is kind of the same word as postal, just means you have some special letters that have been put in your bag that you're delivering. Uh, so it's a missionary team that, that launches missionary teams across the world, and these teams reach young people as they mobilize them into transforming their communities. And so there's some fun parts of this. Number one, these are organized as nonprofits, or in other countries we'd call it NGOs. So governments and groups that normally wouldn't be so open to a group that says they're a missionary team are really open. And uh, time and time again, you'll see in some of these pictures, you're meeting with people you wouldn't normally meet with. So there's that. But then these are the different ways that Boy With The Ball reaches people. Number one, there's a team growing in every city that we have these 15 disciplines, things like learning to hear God's voice and learning to be guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, that those teams are growing in. And that in itself, if you think about even like Dr. King had Andrew Young and this core group around him, forming leaders was something Jesus did pretty darn well too. So that's, that's one level what happens in every city. On another level, by being in a nonprofit kind of approach and by being focused in reaching hurting communities, we gather in so many volunteers. And this is a little wild, but God showed us not just to invite in those who are believers. First of all, just because somebody says they're a believer, it doesn't always, you know, you don't know what that means. But second of all, we just find that those who come to go with us, who are led by our team members who know Jesus very well, so many meet Jesus. So you have students, so many students who meet Jesus. And we have people here today in this congregation who are reached as volunteers uh, right here in Atlanta. Churches, churches, we talk so much about the power of God, but sometimes our context can be within a building and not to get out there. And of course, this church isn't like that, but that's one place where 
uh, boy, the ball is reaching and helping people. And then businesses themselves. You know, sometimes you grow up and you really wanted to be a missionary, wanted to change the world, and now, Scott, you're leading a big, powerful business. But our challenge would be to say that's, that's missionary work too, um, if you do it right. And then finally, donors, churches, business, and partners, and hurting communities. That's what we mobilize people into. We find the most difficult communities in a city. And then we say, we're going to go and see what Jesus will do there. So that's the work. As far as where we currently work, there's Atlanta, Boston, San Antonio, then in Latin America, San Jose, and Costa Rica, San Jose, Costa Rica, and Managua, Nicaragua. There are three teams in Enugu, Nigeria, and then in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, there's a team. And so if you go to the next slide, our goal is to be in 30 teams by 2030. We didn't make that goal. We were really pretty focused just on loving people where we were. We were pretty excited by what was happening here in Atlanta. But the Lord has basically said, this is the moment to reach out. And our goal would be those 30 teams by 2030 alongside hundreds of effective missional churches. And so the really unique thing about this church is that it's, it's not, I'm not telling you a Boy of the Ball story. I'm telling you a story of how we as a church work with the local Boy of the Ball team here and the global team to do really extraordinary things. So hence, you've been signed up for it. So part of uh, launching into 30 cities is going to take going to new cities. And so this last trip was to go to, or to, to new cities within new countries. We got to go to one country we've already been to, which is Kenya, which is a really important place for us. And it's wonderful to have Leroy and Judy Curtis here. Leroy and Judy were with us when we first went to Costa Rica. And I would just say there would be no us. I don't know about Boy the Ball, but there would for sure be no me and Kathy if it weren't for these two. So great that they're here. But... Um, uh, Kenya is really, really important, but then also it was Lebanon that we went to, and it was Ethiopia. So now we'll get to have some fun. So there's, there's the name Lebanon, but let me just show you some pictures of Lebanon if you've never really gotten to be there. These are pictures we got to take. I want to say this. It's beautiful. It's just a beautiful place. We need to pray for Anna, because she will for sure be doing some suffering, but she won't be suffering with her eyes. Like, as you look around, she's going to have some real fun. Uh, just getting to be in a place that is so wonderful. So you can see just uh, basically the way it is, is like there's the beach, there's the city, and then it just starts to go right up that mountain. And so almost any place you are, you can see city and you can see beach. But let's keep going through. That's, you know, kind of those beautiful old Middle Eastern kind of walkways and keep going. That's from kind of up on the mountain looking down. If the sun is setting over there down over the beach, but you can't see it in one more. And there's, there's kind of really a clearer perspective, but you see that in every moment. So I'm sure Anna being over there means that some of us will have to go visit, so just getting you ready. Uh, the next picture is of the church that's over there. Uh, these two, the, the woman and the man, they are uh, they're great worship leaders, but they, they pastor a church that's a really good church. They're recognizing the crises that have happened in Beirut, which includes years and years, of course, of conflict, but most recently, the big blast in Beirut. If you haven't gotten on YouTube video and seen that, it's intense. It was just a blast so intensely just due to mismanagement that just leveled so many parts of the city, blew out the glass in the city. So this church is a real example to us. I think we're a church that are good colleagues to them. But you know what they did right after the blast? They just immediately went out to the streets when nobody was going, and they started grabbing glass companies and helping people put glass back up on their buildings. I mean, they took the most practical, dynamic pieces that they could uh, be involved with, and they got, they started to make a difference. They're a wonderful church, very spirit-led and great, and this will most likely be the home church for Anna, so you can see that. The next picture is of Keith Curley, who a lot of us have known for a long time. He was in Houston. 
Um, if you ever sing the song, I Exalt Thee, it was his worship leader that wrote it. Um, and so how great, he's funny because he's known Anna so long that he was a referee at a basketball game when she was in middle school that fouled her out because he didn't like her attitude. So, so we, we know we've got somebody who can watch Anna, you know, <laughs> hope she doesn't foul out. But um, this young couple behind him is a young Lebanese guy that when Keith was in Russia, this guy had gone up to learn to be an interpreter in Russia and in Red Square met Jesus sovereignly. His name's Ziad, and that's his wife, Nisreen. And those two are really going to be kind of care and covering for Anna. She may even live with them this summer. So, and you've got Keith in, in an ongoing way involved. So it's just a lot of strength, a lot of care for Anna as she goes in. And then you can go to the next picture. So one of the things that's happening is basically that mountain that you go up, you go over into this big valley. And then the mountains that are next, if you go over those, you're in Syria. And Syria, of course, has exploded which has driven people in. There's a really good movie on Netflix called The Swimmers that you can see about refugees, but it's just driven people to try to escape almost certain death if you stay. It's very, very difficult. So you can see those white buildings right there. Those are United Nations just refugee tents. And the refugee camps aren't necessarily just always huge, huge camps. There are a lot of little teeny settlements as well. So that church that you just saw the pastors for they work over here in these refugee camps. They've got schools. They have a local church over there. And so that's one of the places that Boy With The Ball would have an opportunity to take what we do in slums and to do that in refugee camps. So that's an opportunity for Anna. Go to the next picture. Then this is the kind of favor that God has given Anna. This is a Eli. He's an, a deputy or he's a part of the parliament in Lebanon. And he was so excited to meet Anna and really, really pushing her to go up the coast from Beirut to Tripoli. One of the things the Lebanese feel is like, hey, we really understand the need for the Syrians, and their lives are consumed with trying to be a part of the solution for the Syrians, but they're also very consumed with their own people and the struggles they're having, and they kind of feel like their people are being forgotten, uh, which is, is true. It also adds to a little bit of the tension that Syria and Lebanon were at war for quite a few years, so they're showing hospitality to a group that used to be firing missiles at them, so you got that going on. But then on the third, place, third piece is right up the coast is a city called Tripoli that's called the Forgotten City. Because even within Lebanon, even when things are going well, it's a forgotten place. So one of the things that, that this man was pushing Anna for was, hey, would you not forget Tripoli? Would you please be involved? And he set up an entire day's tour with Mary Jo here, who's a good friend of Chuck and Shree Bass, our friends. He set up an entire day of us basically being intrigued to go to Tripoli. So we'll go to that next picture. So this is Tripoli. Uh, we found Beirut in many areas to be very beautiful, but in Tripoli you see a lot of the, the, the impact of war. You can go to the next picture. Those are bullet holes all across that building. Uh, so what's really interesting is this picture was taken from, go to the next slide, from a school led by the man in the back next to me. And this is a guy who leads a school that is right on the fault line between two rival areas that many, over many years, have been at war. And he's a really great man who has this school that when you walk into the school, it's like a safe place. It's quiet and beautiful and you don't feel it. Go to the next slide real quick. That's right outside his gates. So it's amazing that you feel the peace when you're in there. Um, but uh, the, the commanders of the army would come to him every day and say, hey, from about 11 to 1, we're going to be fighting today, so you guys will need to clear out. So he had an unusual grace 
uh, on this group of students and families that he was reaching. And even now that that conflict is over but the tensions remain, he gathers all the families, like we talk about family engagement in Boy of the Ball's work, he gathers all the families around for dinners and to talk. And he several times had former rival commanders who are now sitting and breaking bread together. So we were impacted by that school. I don't know that it's gonna work out exactly. This is up to the Lord and Anna will feel like I'm pressuring her by me saying this, but it'd be really neat to do community walkthroughs in that area. It'd be a little challenging, but it could happen. All right, then this is just in the middle of that day, we're at a restaurant and eating, and of course in the Middle East and anywhere, a lot happens over food, but you can see the man at the head of the table, he was kind of our tour guide and he took us everywhere. We met with nicer schools where Velocity could be launched. We met in those tough neighborhoods where Love Your City could be launched, and uh, just wonderful times, keep going. We even met with an archbishop. Uh, we, <laughs> you, the nice thing about being a nonprofit is you can meet with everybody. And so I got to talk to him. And in some ways, uh, in some areas where he might have influence, got to just make sure we were honoring him. So keep going. And that was it. Uh, one of the things that happened at the end of the trip is we got stuck. Uh, we showed up at the airport at 1 in the morning to try to get out at 3.30. And Kenya, which is not a hard place to get a visa for, my visa was stuck. And so they sent us home. A really crazy moment where we had to walk out of the airport and get a taxi and they'd kind of scared us about just walking out of the airport and getting a taxi and so uh, we went back to where we were staying and we were basically stuck in Lebanon two extra days we couldn't get on it, w it made no sense uh, Kathy got her visa in a few seconds later we had to apply for two more visas in Kenya got them in a few minutes but this visa of mine wouldn't break. And I really started to feel stuck and appreciated your prayers. I let the elders know you guys were praying. We felt it. I had a bad attitude. I, I, I didn't just have a bad attitude. I was scared. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't do well. And so um, Kathy and I tried to go to lunch. She was trying to cheer me up, but I was, I was feeling it. I felt like I had just made mistakes. But Kathy turned at one point, and she just said, um, Maybe we need to stop thinking about why we're not there, and we need to think about why does God have us here. And at that exact moment, one of the local team members here sent us a prophetic dream that she had. And it came in right at the moment that Kathy had said that, and showed us that there was one person that Anna will be relating with that we had talked to at the beginning of the trip, but we hadn't gone back to and reported and we probably would have done some damage to leave the country and not honor this person. So right as Kathy says that, right as the word comes in, and isn't it cool that our phones work in all these different countries? Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't think we would have seen smoke signals and, and that little carrier pigeon, his wings would have been exhausted. So, um, so right then the word comes in and, and then a text or a WhatsApp message comes in from the person we need to meet with saying, hey, I heard about your adventures. What do you need? Can we come over and can we help you? And we spent the next day just receiving incredible hospitality. She even brought us hamburgers that night. Um, and we kind of also had a really nice romantic date that night. We were just together on the side of a cliff in the middle of a thunderstorm, and it was wonderful. Um, Kathy's good people. You should spend time with her. So, um, so finally then, when we had completed why we were supposed to stay, God released us to go. And isn't that cool? the way the Lord does that. So we get to Kenya, and we were in Kenya, really, that's us finally making it. We had just been on a plane all night long, but that's Moses, who some of you guys know, and Frank, they will be here in about four or five weeks for the Love Your City conference, so you'll get to hug them. Um, Moses, who's kind of next to Kathy, he's definitely next to Kathy, he's the leader there, and uh, it was great to get to them. 
Our mission there was to get to participate in things I'll show you a little bit of. There's us on a walkthrough the next morning in the community right there in the Kawangwari slum. You can go to the next one. And that's us getting to pray with this young uh, mom and then go to the next one. And then that's their group that's just like we do love your city. That was their group that was back doing the tutoring while we were out uh, in meeting the families. And then they had a really cool thing right after that where they brought all their volunteers together and we got to actually hand out little awards to them. Kathy and I looked like famous people. It was very fun. But what a great group of people. One thing that you can be praying for with the Kenya group is they have launched campus groups, which we reach so many volunteers, why not? So that's at the University of Nairobi, and this is us going in that day, but here's an actual picture of the campus group. Um, kind of a wonderful group that first came, and they were all excited. How do they support each other as students, but then also how do they walk together out into going into the work that Boy of the Ball does, and then how do they do well in their studies? And also maybe connect even with companies they could work with as well one day when they graduate. And this is that group, a very fun group. All right, so keep going. And then that's the team. That's their team. Remember we said the formation of the team is the really big deal. And we had a very special task to do, which is sometimes in Nairobi, there's so many NGOs that they kind of learn to make the English-speaking people happy and then to do their own thing. And we keep going deeper and deeper of saying, no, it has to be a spiritual group of of team members and their families and their wives and their husbands all growing together. And they're, they're getting it. And this trip was such a breakthrough, such a wonderful time to be with them. That's Moses and that's Michelle, who one of the things I made a promise of was that she'll get to come to the conference one day, so you'll meet Michelle at one point, but that's Moses' wife. She is very prophetic and she's also very passionate, so we'll have to get ready. She's quite a, quite a young woman. So then that, at that point, we were ready to go to Ethiopia. And the next picture shows you, we got to take Moses with us. That's one of the really cool things is helping teams learn how they're doing by seeing what's happening with other teams. And so this is fun because Moses is going into a country that's a neighboring country, but that we're not in yet. And uh, we got to go up, and you can go to the next picture. This is Mictel in the plaid shirt who stood right here with me a few months ago and we, we got to hear the story of this group. So this is the Great Commission Ministries, but what it really is is Campus Crusade is what we used to call them, it's crew there in Ethiopia. And this group, our friend Eric Schinkel tells us, they're just one of the, the four running groups for crew. Their leader, Bekele Schenko, wrote a book and he's now part of the offices in Orlando. But this is the group that remains. They are the largest employer in Ethiopia. They are amazing. They have negotiated special mortgage rates for their people. They're just, uh, they're so sharp, they're so shrewd. You don't mess with Ethiopians. Like those guys, they, they're after it. They, they make me feel um, like a sissy is what they, they're just so, you know, we all talk about, oh, you should reach the lost. Yeah, that sounds fun. These guys are like, okay, well then that means this and we'll need 50 staff members. You wanna hear something cool about these guys? There's got to be hundreds of hundreds. This is the older leaders. They're praying for us because we just said, would you pray for us to see whether we should be here and how we should be here? But every one of these leaders in a country that when we were doing USA for Africa and Live Aid was about their country, they were communist in, back then in the 80s. Every one of these leaders raises their own funds. And that's amazing that in a country that is just, most people would say there's just not funds, they all raise their own funds. It's supernatural. It's amazing. So this is them praying for us. This is the leader on the left, and that's his wife on the right. And that was us 
And um, we'll keep going, but I'll tell you what happened in that conversation in a minute. Um, there was a moment where he turned to us and he said, you have to understand the partnership we're proposing with you doesn't have to benefit us. They said, our real focus is that if it benefits the kingdom, then that adds to us. I started crying. You just don't hear that kind of stuff uh, anywhere. So this is one of the slums we got to go into and to be with some young people. Moses came up really big in that moment. Uh, that's a group that started with Athletes in Action that partners with them. Go, keep going. And this is a really interesting group that you'll hear about in a second, an action group. They have partnerships with 600 churches in Addis. They've launched 21 of these action groups that are just volunteers, just people just like you and me from all these churches that come together. They've each chosen a community like Love Your City, and they are each evangelizing into that community. So that's 21 evangelism groups reaching 21 communities across the city. You can keep going. And these are two young leaders. So here's what they've proposed. They proposed that out of those 600 churches, that they would involve us in those 600 churches, that they would give us four to five staff members that, that pay for themselves, so that's kind of nice, but um, is great, and that basically we would just carve the city into four squares, that they would give us the 21 action groups to train and love your city, that they would encourage us to launch 21 implementations of Love Your City, where we would have four training centers in each square where we would have our staff training them. We'd bring two of those staff here to train for three months so that they could go back and train those other three staff members. Then they would go into those training, training centers to train the, the teams to, do, to train the action teams to do Love Your City. We've asked them if we could have one of those Love Your City uh, implementations be a kind of a flagship where we could kind of focus our team to make them a, a kind of a training uh, example. This is the other thing. They really just feel like young people aren't being reached for the gospel. So they want us to take the five things. There's a book coming out that Cindy's editing right now called The Forgotten Pieces. You'll get a hold of it. But they want us to take what we did in Costa Rica and what we do with young people as a curriculum and train all 600 churches <laughs> using those four training centers and how to equip those youth ministries that then the youth ministries would pour into those 21 Love Your City implementations as well. So it's, it's a lot of action. It's very exciting. At one point, I kept trying. You guys, most of you guys know me. Somebody said of me that I never see a yellow light. It's always a green light. But I was backing away with it. I was like, 600, so what do you think about 20? What about maybe 100, you know? And, and the guy looked at me at one point, Mictel, our friend, he looked at me and he said, Jamie, you've got to stop thinking of this as starting from scratch. He said, you're standing on our shoulders to do what you'll do, and we need you. So their perspective is we would be under their NGO status, their, their formal status. They would give us office space. And then as we're big enough, they would, they would release us for sure if we need to be released. We don't mind partnering with them for a long time. So that's half of it. The other half of it is that they're working across the country with their own refugee groups. And if you think of a big square, if you think up on the top is the Sudan, where people are pouring out of Sudan because of the conflict. There's also Djibouti, which has its own issues, and there's also uh, Eritrea, which has its own issues. Also up there is the Tigray region, where there's been such armed conflict. So there's so many refugees. And then in the bottom is Somalia, which is, when you, when you think of Somalia as, as a lesser conflict, you know you're in trouble. But um, they have all of these refugees, and they're reaching into the refugees, but their focus is so much just leading people to Jesus and not going further. 
So they just said, we need Love Your City. We need the way that you disciple leaders longitudinally into making a difference into communities. We want you to be involved in that. Then they also reach the communities around the refugees, which are people from all those countries, and then they send them back as missionaries to bleed back across those closed borders. So their point was, would you be involved with us in all of that? That's like five more countries. I, I just said, okay. You know, <laughs> at this point, 600 churches, yeah, we'll take five countries. No, I'm kidding. No, honestly, the fear of the Lord just hits you. But the word that we've heard over and over again is exponential. That um, arise, shine, for your light has come. And it's all too big, but Jesus isn't uh, too small. All right, then finally, we sure could use your prayers. Um, I think the truth is, is that we're at a point as a part of you guys where we can't do it without you, and that hasn't been the case. So we all now have to see the Lord help us and meet us. We have two State Department fellows here. Uh, one of them you might have met last week. His name is Emmanuel. He's from Ethiopia. And we have another one who is um, Aisha, and she's from Lebanon. So we have them here as our tutors to get us ready, and you'll get a chance to meet them. But would you please pray for us? I stand before you as your friend. I got here in 1993. Me and Kathy were a broken couple from Orlando, Florida. And uh, you helped put us together. But we need you to go with us further into whatever all of this is. So we very much need your prayers. And we very much need your, your love. Um, I'll say three quick things and then I'll finish. Here's some discoveries that we're seeing. Jesus is the Lord of the whole earth. You know, sometimes you get into your narrative and it's like, what is he going to do outside of the United States? That's just not true. We are very special, it's for sure. But what Jesus is doing in the whole earth is wonderful. And he's working, even when we don't see it, he's working. If, you're, if you ever feel like he's not big enough for your own problems, um, that's part of the residue of when we start to think he's only big enough for what's in front of us. But he's the God of the whole earth and he is powerful, and he's on his throne. And, if, and that doesn't mean for you that you should be thinking about, boy, the ball. That means whatever you are facing, including your own life, you can give it to him, and he will change everything. Two, we trap ourselves outside of the power of the Holy Spirit when we become the center. It's just the way it goes. He's either the center, and he's really big, or we're the center, and what does that mean? So he is so big, and he is so powerful. And he's invited us then to live lives of love, of spirit-led ministry, and commissioning. All week long, I've been saying co-missioning. There's a difference between co and com. Co is a little bit more side by side. Com is together, community, communion. So it's, it's commissioning. It's not co-missioning. And we've been invited into that. With that said, uh, in about four weeks, there's a conference coming up, the Love Your City Conference, that will be right here a Thursday all day long with a, the Thursday night is a real strong time of ministry um, with our good friends um, leading worship, David Kim and his group. Uh, then Friday, so that first day is about ministry and we're all called into living a life of love. We're all called to see Jesus use us. So I think that's gonna be really compelling. I'm gonna really ask some of you to even come and share stories during that day. Friday will be a day that is about Love Your City, and you'll have all the teams from all over the world, but, but great stuff. The afternoons will be workshops, and that evening we're going to have three barbecues that you can go to. If you're a family trying to make a difference in your neighborhood, that's the barbecue you want to go to, and there's, there's barbecues like that that we'll share more of later. 
And the final day is a day where we'll all go do Love Your City together, including one iteration in the neighborhoods around this church. So that'd be kind of fun if you're excited about that. And the last evening will be commissioning. It'll be us commissioning each other and going out into it. So we'd invite you and we'd be excited to have you. You know, I, I feel like, do you, can we show that video, Jamie, about the movement app? Do you think that would be helpful? I, I feel like this, is, this needs to be our focus today. Um, yes. it's, it's back there, I think. Would we'll, you explain we'll, that? Well, so here's the thing is, if you ever wonder what we do um, around here, uh, there is the local team, and Sergio and Sarah have moved here to lead it. They're doing a great job, so, and a lot of you participate in it. You know how many of you guys on Tuesday nights are running an ESL class? This is just a cool church. If you're new here, you stumbled into the right place. But, but then there's a global team that our job is to do trips like this and to start things, but it's also to create tools for these teams around training. Training becomes the name of the game. And training is really what we're good at. So uh, Jen Gomez is, uh, is a, fun, uh, a fabulous leader that God has allowed to be part of this church. And she's been a part of helping design an app that will be on every team's phone. There are 4.6 billion people that have access to the internet. 4.2 billion have it through their phones. So if you can get training materials into phones, you get it everywhere. And so when we're thinking about 21 implementations of Love Your City in Ethiopia are all those places. Without this app, we can't do it. So it'll cost about $1.1 million to build unless we had programmers help more or different things. So we're really at a moment where we need breakthrough as a global organization around these things and some of what we would ask you to pray. But we'd like to show you the video just quickly to show you what it's all about. What if as Monica started her day, she had access to training and everything she needs to run a healthy nonprofit? Tools that range from how to increase impact in the community to the ability to mobilize people across all sectors in her city at the push of a button. The Movement app unleashes the full power of Monica and her organization to make a real difference. Movement combines all the knowledge and skills we've gained by working with leaders in the slums over the last two decades while leveraging mobile technology to give nonprofit leaders fighting poverty the same power at their fingertips. The app gives Monica and leaders like her everything they need to successfully run their entire business right from their phone, leading to growth and greater impact. She has templates in each of these areas and quick assessments that automatically leverage all the data that she's gathering as she uses the app to power innovation. Now it's possible for Monica to clearly see every aspect of her organization and where it needs to go. Monica uses the Movement app as her teacher and is fully immersed in an interactive learning space where she learns best practices and the highest industry standards. Every time Monica logs in, Movement highlights areas where she needs to take action, celebrate what she's done well, and tailors her experience to her unique needs, accelerating her organization's ability to help more people. It's like having a coach right there with her, providing ongoing feedback and helpful insights. Even further, as the app is adopted by hundreds of organizations worldwide, data can be collected, analyzed, and shared across a network, helping Monica and others like her learn with a growing community of practice. All the while, the Movement app is continually getting smarter and adding new features and skills. Isn't that incredible? 
So I just felt like, as Jamie was sharing, this should be the focal point of our time today. Um, and I want you to understand, as a church of a couple hundred people, uh, working with a nonprofit apostolic team like Boy with the Ball, both globally and locally, uh, and then soon a missional school, the, Global Gwinnett, the Gwinnett Global School that Pete and Christine will be leading, we are attempting to impact our community and our neighborhoods and our city and the world. And it's not just us. We have missionaries that have recently joined us from China, from Korea, from Vietnam. There, God is doing something here in our midst. And what we see and what Jamie and Anne have been able to report to us is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much. I wanna encourage you that if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, but I don't know how I fit in. You do. You do fit in. Maybe you're being challenged to get involved in the local team or just go love your neighbor next door or actually pray that the Holy Spirit would guide you into conversations with people and allow for them to hear the same message that saved you. There's so many aspects, but as a church, as an Abbey church where different groups are doing different things, we intend to see the kingdom of God impact our community. And so this is one opportunity, actually many opportunities that the Lord is unfolding. And I have a feeling we're gonna see even more. I wanna encourage you as a church community to make the Love Your City Conference a priority. That's Thursday night, it's actually during the day. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you can't come during the days, you could be a part of the Sunday, I mean the nightly meetings, of course. Uh, but we will be sending out in the email a discount code for you to buy tickets as church members. And so you can come at a reduced rate. You're gonna get to see leaders from all around the world. You'll see Moses and Frank. We get to see a Fini from Nigeria for the first time, uh, along with a Mecca. We'll get to see leaders from Costa Rica, uh, from Nicaragua, uh, hopefully Nicaragua, obviously from San Antonio, Ijama, who stayed with Joe and Judy for the three months she was here training, will be back. Uh, Melissa, who is now in Boston leading the team there, she'll be back. Of course, our local team here that Sergio and Sarah lead, uh, the global team, many exciting things about what God is doing. But we'll also have churches and other business leaders and community leaders involved too. So there is just so much going on, it's hard to even talk about, but we have a great opportunity to be involved, invested, to support and pray, to fund, to go ourselves with what God is doing. And I hope that you're inspired and encouraged today, that you would pray that the Lord would lead you in how you are to be involved. And it may not be with that local team, it may simply be getting out of your shell and loving your neighbor, or reaching a family member, or going to your school and meeting the moms of all the kids. There is a way that the Lord wants to use you. We should all be open to that. Would you stand with me? Would you just thank the Lord for what God has done on that trip? We give a hand to the Lord for that. I'm gonna ask my wife to come and we're gonna pray for us this morning. Um, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Thanks. Hmm? When we were worshiping this morning, um, and the very first song was about bowing before him. Sorry. 
I felt like God prompted me for some things that I had been discussing with him this week. And I felt like he said to me, you're worried about the how, but no matter what it is, it starts with bowing. And so I want to say to us, after Chris's encouragement to ask God what he wants from you, don't get hung up on the method. Don't get hung up on what he's going to ask or require. If we start with the bowing, the rest will take care of itself. And so I want to encourage us today when I pray that we, that we bow before him. And when we do that, when we acknowledge who he is as sovereign, king, ruling over all of it, everywhere, all the people, then if he brings anything to our mind, we know that we can obey because the ability to obey comes when we hear what he has said. So we don't need to imagine what he might say. We need to bow and hear what he has to say. Isn't that good? Anybody here agree with that? Yes, Lord. We hear your word. Let's pray. Father, we are awed by the bigness of you, Mm. by your kingdom advancing in places we don't always think about, with people we may never meet. But it starts with your kingdom advancing in us. That's right. Right here. It starts with us saying, we do bow. We acknowledge that you are God. And as Joey said earlier, we are not. And we want your rule. We want your way. We don't have to understand the path all the way. We don't have to understand the method, the means. But we do have to agree that you're God. You rule over us. And your purpose will be accomplished. And in your goodness and your mercy, you invite us in. You don't treat us as servants. You treat us as friends because you let us in on what you are doing. Yes, Lord. So, Father, bring us to obedience, whatever it is that you require. Make us open. Keep us open. Mm -hmm. Make us sensitive. Give us a capacity in the spirit to do more than we think. Yes, Lord. To give more than we think we have. To love more deeply, more permanently than we think we are able. Yes, Lord. We ask you to sit on the thrones of our hearts, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Reign, King Jesus, reign. Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up, church. May we rise up, Lord. May we in this day, in this hour, for this generation, in our city, in our neighborhood, around the world, may we see the glory of God revealed. May we see the Holy Spirit poured out. 
May it be like rivers that gush in and out of us, Lord. May it change our lives and our focus and our attention, and may it change the lives of those you've called us to reach. Lord, we pray for the efforts that you have unveiled before us, both in Lebanon and Ethiopia. It blows our mind, Lord. We shouldn't be surprised. You spoke months ago. You spoke that we should look exponentially at what you would do. You spoke in our midst that you would do things that would be far greater than we could ever imagine or think. And Lord, we're beginning to see it. And we say yes to you, Lord. We commit ourselves to you, Lord, to what you're doing around the world today. Lord, as a church, we commit ourselves to pray. We commit ourselves to support and to edify and build one another up. We commit ourselves to give sacrificially. We commit ourselves to ourselves go wherever you lead us to go. We commit ourselves, Lord, to do New Testament kingdom work in our nation, in our city and around the world, Lord. And I pray especially, Lord, as we're planning and preparing for what you will do, for the team with Boy at the Ball, the global team, and what will launch into Lebanon with Anna and also in Ethiopia, Lord, and beyond in the nations that are closed even now to us. Lord, I pray that you will give clarity and purpose, and may we hear you as we go, step by step. We don't have to have all the answers. We have the guide. We don't have to know what next step to take. Our hand is in your hand, and may we go with you, I pray. Lord, thank you for today. We bless you, Lord, with all that's in us. We thank you for what you're doing, God. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. If you're in need of ministry or prayer, people will be here, but go and rejoice in what the Lord is doing. Amen.